this morning as we continue on in our scriptures. After reading Romans and uh, digging into the two passages we're going to read, it's evident that there is a forgiveness power that we all can't comprehend and that we all yearn for. And I think about today and I think about all of us and I think about the society that we live in. And we live in a society that likes to compare, likes to look to the right and likes to look to the left and see what they have and what they don't have and likes to compare ourselves. But as we dig into this scripture, it says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen short. We are all under this cloud of this for Jesus. But then it goes on to say we are all forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we continue on with this worship service and as we continue to look forward, let us not look to the right or left, but let us look to the atoning blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. And we can look and see that we are forgiven and we are made clean through him. So let's dig into the holy word. We are going to be in Romans 3 first. And Romans 3.21 says, But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from, from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And then our next passage is in Romans 5, starting in verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still, very, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let us join our hearts together in prayer over the Holy Word. Jesus, today we come, and we come in anticipation in the words that Pastor Mike is preparing for us. And we know that you have been speaking through him, and you have been working on his heart this week. And that our hearts be open to the words of reconciliation and the words of forgiveness that you are about to give. And as we hear this word, as we hear these words, let us look straight forward to the cross and what was done there and how we were forgiven through that. Jesus, we know that Pastor Mike will be your vessel this morning, and we ask you to be with him, put your spirit in him today. In your name we pray. Amen. If I didn't get to uh, welcome you earlier this morning, I want to say good morning to all of you. Glad you're here in worship. My name is Mike Morgan. I'm uh, the lead pastor here at Marion Methodist. And if I don't know you, 
Uh, I'm sorry about that because I've gone this far in my life uh, not meeting you, and I'd like to do that today if it's a possibility. So we're glad that you're here and uh, want to be part of our Marian Methodist worshiping community this morning. A couple of preparatory uh, remarks before I dig right into the scriptures that Kelsey and Vicki read earlier this morning. Um, first, um, Jacob, thank you for giving us your uh, gifts of uh, music today. Would you welcome Jacob Keating? Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. I, I know you were here several years ago in our downtown location. I was away that week, so it was just a blessing to hear you play. I, I inappropriately, Jacob, said that earlier this week that you were coming to play the fiddle, and I know better, right? That was beautiful. Thank you for, for offering your, your skill on the violin. Um, secondly, really important uh, thing, uh, before anything happens, um, where is Brianna and uh, little Cora is here for the first time, I think. Did she slip? Oh, way over there in the corner. You can only come to church the first time once. She's eight days old, so let's welcome Cora. Yeah, eight days. Way back there in the, in the wonderful. Thank you. Um, and excited to watch her raise up in our, in our ranks. Um, two of our pastors, uh, Jacob, uh, uh, Jason Larson, pastor at Pella, um, Jeff Kotis, uh, pastor at Marshalltown, are part of our summer games um, pastors leadership team. Both of them, as you're aware, had cities or live in cities that were greatly affected by the tornado. Uh, the, the Pella Church is, is uh, pretty much un, unharmed, and they're helping uh, doing a lot of things. That mostly hit out at Vermeer, uh, so they're helping doing a lot of things there. In the Marshalltown community, though, that's quite a bit of a different story. Um, the, downtown, the Marshalltown Church is one block off of downtown, uh, so everything around it <coughs> was devastated. The church itself <coughs> took some broken windows uh, broken uh, doors and whatnot. The people that were, including the pastor's family, that were hunkered down in the basement are okay. And uh, now there's a recovery in front of us. The beautiful thing about tornadic, tornadic activity is uh, many, many people, many, many businesses have insurance for such things. And typically the help that is needed is in the lower income area where people don't carry that kind of insurance. So be ready for the call to come out for work teams. Marion Methodist has always been good at that. And we want to make sure we don't create a second disaster. I remember when Cedar Rapids had the flood. The first disaster was the flood. And the second disaster was all the used clothes and toys and stuff that people sent to us because that wasn't exactly what we needed. Right now we're UMCOR as Marion Methodist Church and the Methodist Church is in Iowa. Uh, UMCOR is looking for hygiene kits and we have some and they're going to send them uh, later this week. And um, if you want to give... Uh, to that, uh, the flood recovery effort in the Iowa United Methodist, or I'm sorry, the tornado recovery effort uh, in the Iowa United Methodist Church, you can do that by simply writing on the envelope uh, tornado uh, and hand it to one of our ushers, ushers on the way off or, or way out or send that to us. It's very important for us to be part of uh, the circle of friends and uh, relatives that help uh, clean up that mess. Now, as you came in today, a lot of you hand, were handed a card. Did you all get a card? And people said to me, uh, are we voting or something? Hold on to that thought. Because today I really, I really just want to do some straight preaching. Uh, I, I want to work with you on an image. And, and that's the card. And I'll return to it several times. 
really want to work with you on some instruction, which is really just straight Bible teaching, primarily from the two passages in Romans, Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 5. And then I'm going to, before we, we adjourn here, before we say benediction and leave, going to give you an invitation to, to respond. So um, let, let's get about that business um, right away. We are talking this week about the pillars. We, we've been talking since we got here about the pillars of faith. And one of the pillars of faith in, in not just the United Methodist tradition, but in all Christian traditions, is this idea of forgiveness through the atonement, which is the act of Jesus Christ that makes us one with him uh, at his uh, crucifixion and resurrection. So we're going to talk about that. What is forgiveness and why do I need it? That's right off the block. What is forgiveness and why do I need it? Uh, Do I need to explain some of that to you? I'm going to. But I think we all know some of that. See, forgiveness is a decision to not punish someone in the way they deserve for what they've done. Forgiveness is, is a decision to not punish someone in the way they deserve. So, so when you look at deserve, that means something should be coming to them, and it says for what they've done. We're, we're not going to talk about things that, that you've been accused of. We're not going to talk about things that are alleged that you might have done. We, we're talking about not being punished for what you've done, what you've actually done. And that's important in this. Forgiveness means to wipe the slate clean, to, to forget about it, to, to have a clean slate, to be, to be brand new, white, and, and shining in this, and, or to cancel a debt. That's what forgiveness means, is that it really happened, but you don't have to pay for it. Or you don't have to do what you're owed, or, or you don't have to get what you deserve. Forgiveness is not granted because a person deserves it. We aren't forgiven because we deserve it. We are forgiven because someone wants to give it. Forgiveness is an act of love and mercy and grace. We need forgiveness because we have separated ourselves from God. Understand that. We need forgiveness because we have separated ourselves from God. I'm going to say something to you guys in the back. I don't have my cheat screen on, and I'd love to see these kind of things. We, 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 we understand this about the creation story. Creation begins with God and humanity as one. They're, they're together. The whole story, and honestly, this doesn't matter, you know, if you're a Muslim or from some other tradition, the creation stories in all faith traditions start the same. God and humanity are one. There's this symbiotic relationship that as God, the creative force, makes these, he sees people, he loves people, and wants to be together with them. And so there is this oneness that is part of the natural created image or, or, or the natural created order. And then, and then, this beautiful oneness is broken 
It's broken not by God, but by humanity. You know the story of Adam and Eve, and by the way, that story is, is true and representative of us. Adam and Eve are one with God. They, they don't have to worship God because they're with Him all the time. They don't have to seek God because He comes to them. They see Him face to face all the time. And yet, and He gives them clear opportunity to do exactly what this whole collective is, is, is hoped for, and yet they just don't do it. So they wander away. They, they, they pick their own way. You know, this is what I would say, and one of the reasons I gave you these, these uh, white cards when you came in this morning is, you know, we start life on a walk with God. We seem intuitively like the scriptures say, to have eternity in our heart and know that God is real and righteous and loving. But we kind of just drift away. Very, very few of us take a run away from God, though some of us have, but we, we just kind of, you know, drift. We just kind of wander away from God. I, is that your story? Am I talking to you? Am I talking to somebody? If some of you in your life just drifted away from God. I mean, you knew that God loved you. You knew that God cared for you. But at a certain point, you just started to drift. Is that your story? If it is, this is for you today. Because that drift is is sin. And any time we're drifting away from God, we know that when we're sinning, it brings some shame. It brings some fear, you know, because we don't want to get caught. It brings shame because we know we're doing the wrong thing. It brings guilt because sometimes it's hard getting over what we've done, right? It's hard getting over what we've done. And I want you to know that that's part of our story. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20 says this, There is not... A, that means not one, not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. So we're okay. Are you with me? We're in there. Okay, I I would like to say there's a perfect man, but if you look down at your wrist and there's no holes in there, you ain't him. Okay? So, So... There is not a righteous man, and of course, because I'm part of my generation, I will add woman. Not a righteous man or woman on earth who does what is right and never, all-inclusive, sins. We all fall short of the glory of the God. It was just, it was in the scripture, Kelsey read a few moments ago. We all fall short of the glory of God, and because of that, we have separated ourselves from the Lord. some of you have come from Lutheran tradition, so you'll like this old story. Old farmer, driving a pickup truck down the road. This is the old preaching story, you've heard this. Driving this pickup truck down the road, his wife, all the way across the front seat of the, of the Chevrolet, sitting against the door. He's driving. And she says to him, Honey, do you remember when we were first married 30 years ago? How when I used to sit right next to you, you'd put your arm around me. We drove down this country road. Even with the bumps, we'd come together on that. 
Do you remember how we used to snuggle as we drove down? We'd turn the radio up, and, and, and we just enjoyed being in the car, the truck together, and you drove, and, and we were just so close. But now look at us. He, she says, there you are, and here I'm way over here. And he just looks at her and says, I haven't moved. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this is what God says to us all the time. We keep saying, God, why, why did we drift so far away from you? And God says, I have not moved. Sin is self-inflicted separation from God. Sin means we put it on ourselves. We do it to ourselves. The move away from God is our choice, not God's, because God says, I'm right where I've always been. Come home. Come be with me. Every person, every person has separated themselves from God because of their sin. You know, guys, we've done stuff. We've done stuff. We, we knew it was wrong. We, we thought stuff, and maybe we're thinking it now, and our minds went down an avenue, it went down a trail that we weren't supposed to go down. We, we've done stuff. We've, we've thought stuff. And not only that, we've wronged others. And we knew when we were doing it, we were doing the wrong things. We knew that we were, what we were doing was going to shame another person. We knew what we were doing in the moment we were going to hurt another person. We even had that lip. We had that, that word trapped right behind our lips. And we let it out anyway as a missile to their spirit. We, we've hurt and wronged other people. We have in, in life, in, in, in faith, in business, in all of that. And we've disregarded everything we knew to be right, decent, and holy. And that breaks our relationship. It, it, it destroys our opportunity to be at one with God by our action, not His. So we have fear and shame and guilt. And I got to tell you, we need to be forgiven. You know, I gave you all these cards and you, you got them clean. That's how we're born, right? Clean. But, but here's, here's what we do with life. We, we start getting down the path of life. And we say, oh, I did some of the wrong things. I said some of the wrong things. I went some of the wrong places and Instead of having that white, clean card, man, do we make a mess of it. Is it just me? Or have you done some of this too? You, you start out brown, pure and wonderful, and man, I mean, not only that, you mess up your card, and then, you know, we try to hide it because of our fear. We don't want to be found out, you know, because there's three people living inside each one of us, the person we want to be, the person we are, and the person we'd like to see everybody else, everybody else see. But, but we hide our brokenness. We hide the dirt that's in our, our spirit and soul, and we wish it wasn't so, but we need forgiveness because it heals our brokenness. We absolutely need forgiveness because it heals our brokenness. Nicky Gumbel wrote the Alpha Course years ago, and he says this sentence, which I think is always just, just really sunk into my soul. He says, forgiveness 
is humanity's greatest need. The, the thing that we want the most, the thing that we desire the most. We, we want to feel forgiven. We want to feel fresh. We want to feel as if, if other people and, and the Lord and ourselves say, you're okay. You're, you're, you're with us. We, we all need forgiveness. We desire healing from our brokenness. I've I got to tell you, I've never met another person who said to me, you know, i got to tell you, Pastor, all the stuff I've done that, that I'm so ashamed of, all the stuff that I've done that have caused so much fear in my heart, all, all the stuff that I've done to hurt other people, they make me feel just fine. That, that's not what I experience from people. It's, it's simply not. They, they want something else. We, we, we want to be set free. We want to be relieved of all these things. And I just came by as I pray you're a pastor, or if you don't know me well, the pastor of this church, to tell you some good news. If forgiveness is humanity's greatest need, and I believe it to be, God grants us forgiveness. This is available for us. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that forgiveness is available to you and to me and to all who walked the earth before us and all those that are going to come behind us. God in Jesus Christ offers us not just partial, not just temporary, but he offers us complete forgiveness if we desire it. Forgiveness in him brings wholeness of mind, freshness of spirit, and a brand new, pristine, crystal clear start to our lives let me tell you this (laughs) there is no one too bad for God to forgive I need an amen there there is no one too bad for God to forgive you have not done anything so wrong God can't forgive you do you believe that do you believe that Mike I I believe that too there's there's nothing that's so wrong because I've heard people say oh what I've done is too bad It's like, no, 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 no. This is why Christ came. Because we are wrong. Because we do the wrong things sometimes. But there's nothing too wrong. There's no one too bad. There's no one too broken. Oh my goodness sake. Don't you know broken people in your life? Sometimes don't you feel really broken? Feels like your whole spirit is ripped apart like that card is. It can't be put back together. But God says there's no one too broken for me to bring back together in forgiveness. Because to be forgiven, this is the healing that God brings to us all. So if this is what we need, what are the steps? How do I get forgiveness? How do I get forgiveness? Well, those of you that have been around the Christian church for a long time, know that you can't get. You can't get forgiveness. You can only receive it. But wait, I'm an American. I can get anything. I can go on Amazon right now and I can order seven perfect little ponies on Amazon. They'll be delivered to my house yet this afternoon if I pay for the same day or if I'm a Prime member, right? Maybe even the trailer to drive them around. We can get anything. We, we have money. We have opportunity. Or, or maybe we can just go to, well, you know, I'm a member of that club out in west part of town. Not all of you are members of exclusive clubs. When I go out to Sam's Club, I can get anything, right? I can get anything there. But I can't get that. I can get stuff, but I really can't get 
what my soul needs at its most base. I need forgiveness. You can't just go get that. You cannot. But it is widely available. And it's actually available to all people that that ever want it. God wants you to have it, and He wants to give it to you. You see, God has always sought a close relationship with people. Even though we are saturated with sinfulness, even though that's just kind of like human's deal to want to drift away and do what we want to do, even though it's human's deal to to mess up the perfectly good life that God has given us, even though it's human's deal to say, you know, at some level, we're smarter than the creator of the whole universe. But for some reason, and sometimes knowing myself beyond me, God wants to be close to me. God wants to be close to you. So God offers us redemption. He redeems our souls. He makes them brand new if we affiliate with Jesus Christ. He redeems us. He makes us as good as new, pure and undefiled. He gives us a fresh start. And he cleanses us of our sins. And this is called the atonement, which I've broke that word down for you so many times. Atonement simply means to be at one with God. The act of the atonement is Jesus coming to to life, living here, and being sacrificed on the cross. Atonement means the reparation of a wrong or an injury. The atonement makes things right for people. See, God in Jesus' death provided forgiveness for the sins of the entire world, not just ours, not just the people on the left side of the congregation, not just the people on the right side of the congregation, he didn't just give sin, you know, forgiveness of sins to the white folks or the Africans or, or the people in Asia. He came to give forgiveness of sins to all the people who lived before us and all the ones that are going to sojourn down the path of life behind us. This is what Christ comes to do in the cross. Every single one of these, Every single one of these spirits, yours, mine, and others, that are all marked up, that are all messy because of the sin, Jesus takes on his back. Do you know, I brought these cards in this morning, and just for you guys, there's a stack this high. Can you imagine 7.2 billion of these being put? And that's just the people that are living right now. But this is what Christ takes on his life. He's willing to take all the sins of the world on him in that one moment. So that we do not get what we deserve. Okay? This is straight Christian teaching. So if you wanted poems and jokes, that's not happening today. He did this so we would not get what we deserve. Because if we get what we deserve for the life we live, we get eternal death. But he came to give us what we do not deserve, which is a life together for him in eternity. This is the purpose of God becoming human in Jesus Christ. This is the purpose of the atonement. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. In him we have redemption, which means redemption means being brought to our perfect state, being given to our highest value, being restored to, to where we're worth the most. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So it's through blood we're forgiven. We're completely forgiven in accordance with the riches of God's mercy. So it's not even our best idea. It's in accordance to what God believes is full our full value. Our full value is that we're made in His image. And so in forgiveness, we're raised to that. And Jesus paid our debt for us, so we could, not be, for, so we could be forgiven, so we would not be lost. 
He paid the debt. We could not. We could not go get it. We couldn't earn it. In 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, By His great mercy, He has given us... Okay, so His mercy, He hands it to us. He gives us a new birth. That's a fresh start. Into a living hope. That's not a cotton candy dream, pie in the sky kind of thing. Living hope means it's organic. It's going on right now. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Into an inheritance that, get this, is imperishable, which means it can't die. It's undefiled, which means it can't mess it up. And it's unfading, which means it's always perfect in hue and color and strength. So how do I get forgiveness? You must want it. And so as we come into our last few minutes together, the underlying question is the question of the day. Do you want your sins forgiven? Is that something that you quest? Is it something that you think you even need? I want to tell you there's some things only God can do. There are some things that only God can do, and only God can wipe away our failure, our errors, our tragic situations and make us whole. And forgiveness is available. Restoration is possible for you and for me. If we place our faith, if we place our hope in Jesus Christ, the one and only. It's easy to ask, and it's hard to completely ask. Because if you say, do I want my sins forgiven? If your answer is yes, all you need to do, all you need to do is ask Jesus Christ for forgiveness and place your trust in him. But when I say all you need to mean do, that means it takes all of you to do that. All you need to do is affiliate with Jesus Christ. <coughs> Put your hope in his forgiveness and you shall be forgiven. Because what Jesus said, following the most famous verse that most of us learned in, in fourth grade, in John 3, verse 17, he says this, For God did not con- send his Son into the world to condemn the world. See, he didn't come to, like, get, I mean, so many of your friends think that God is this evil judge trying to get you, right, trying to catch you, trying to find you doing the wrong thing. But he came to the world to save you, to, to make you whole, to give you opportunity to affiliate with Jesus. And you will be forgiven. It's easy to say, but it's kind of hard to make that full and complete ask, but I admonish you to, I encourage you to. You won't be disappointed letting it go. You'll be forgiven not because you've done anything, not because you deserve it, not, not, not because of anything you can do, not because of anything you can know other than the fact that you know if you choose Jesus Christ, and stake your life on him, you will be forgiven. Look what Kelsey read a few moments ago in Romans chapter 3. This righteousness has been given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So, so, you know, to, to tie this up, do you have a nagging feeling, or do you have nagging feelings of, of guilt, of, of fear, of shame that just seem to lay there on you all the time. 
They, they tend to rot in your gut and weigh your shoulders down. Are, 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 you, are you carrying that kind of stuff around and it won't go away? So often we say, well, yeah. And in Romans chapter 3 that I read just a few moments ago, all have sinned and, and fallen short of the glory of God, yet in His grace we're declared not guilty. So all that stuff that's rotten away in here, all that stuff that we're carrying on our shoulders, we've been declared not guilty if we affiliate with the one who can declare that. I need you to understand before we go. When you receive the forgiveness of sins, the past is behind you. You cannot change it. God, God lets it go. So you should let it go too. If you receive the forgiveness of sins, let your past go because God does. He wants you to do the same. Our sins have been crucified on the cross. They are dead, dead, dead. Leave them in the tomb where evil should go. Let it die. So, of course, the question is, is receiving forgiveness really that simple? Yeah. We make ourselves available to God. You know, you probably all know, if you know me at all, I watch a little football from time to time. There was this really famous receiver called Jerry Rice. And when Jerry Rice was playing with Joe Montana and Steve Young for the 49ers, they were really good. And they, I remember them asking Jerry Rice, what makes you the all-time leading receiver? He says, I do everything I can to make myself available to the quarterback. You can't receive it. If you don't make yourself available. And if you want your forgiveness, the first thing to answer is, 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 forgiving, is receiving forgiveness is that simple? Yes. And you must make yourself available to God. You cannot earn forgiveness from God. You can't do anything to get forgiveness. You, you, you cannot pay for your forgiveness from God. You can't buy your way to it. You can only receive it by faith through the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. So I told you I was going to do three things today that I was going to give you some instruction. I was going to share with you an image and I was going to give you the invitation. So here's the image and the invitation. As you walked in, you were all handed one of these cards. I'd like you to find them if you could right now. And, and somebody asked me, are we voting on something, Pastor Mike? And the answer of these, if they're a ballot, your ballot's already been taken. You see, you've already been voted for. You've already received what you need in the vote. If you have these, I'd like you to find them. You see, I gave you clean cards. Now, some of you have written your shopping list on them all right, already. That's okay. Some of you have written a spout to your spouse. When will he stop talking? That's not okay. But all of you were given one for the simple fact of it's clean on both sides. It starts clean and it's made clean. And I put that before you as an image to show you that God has already voted that he wants you. He's already voted for you to have a clean and restored spirit. He's already voted to give you a soul with no black dots on it, with no dark 
message on it at all. He's voted through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ is the most interesting thing because you get blood on your own self, it stains stuff. But when it gets on your soul, it cleans it. So as you go home today, and if you want another card, there's some out there. They'll give you more. Maybe you're going to think, well, that was just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Maybe you're going to say, I'm glad I had this card because... Now I can write down my order at Jimmy John's. But one or 12 of you are going to say, I'm glad that was given to me because I need to get the fact that sometimes I do drift away. Sometimes I do tear my spirit up. Sometimes I do mark myself up and I can't clean it up myself. I can't mend it myself. I can't erase it myself. But I believe in a God that does. So we're just going to take this moment right now. I'm going to pray over these cards. And then I'm going to say, God bless you, and you may go. But let's take a minute. Let's pray. Lord God, we are Methodists, so we are reluctant to hold our cards. We're reluctant to show our cards. But you know, Lord, inside of us, there is stuff that nags at our guts. There is stuff we're carrying on our backs. There are things that are tearing us apart. And for them, we need your forgiveness. And Lord God, while we know it's just a stupid little piece of paper, a card bought on a back-to-school sale, but it represents your truth, Lord. It represents the truth that you are pure and white. You give us a soul that is redeemed and beautiful. And if we want to receive that forgiveness, we can get it right now. So Lord God, I just pray that for those of us here that truly need forgiveness today, that truly need to have done stuff or thought stuff or wronged others, And we just humbly and and earnestly have come to you. We ask, God, that your forgiveness be granted to us. Lord, we know you can. We know you're willing. Let us make ourselves available to you. That's all we have today, Lord. That's our prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm glad you've come to worship today. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you all.